This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. All right, how many dads in here are that guy that is like, I can fix it, I can fix it? We got a bunch of fixer dads? Yeah? No? How about, how about dads that call people to fix things in Jesus' name? Yes. Can we give it up for all those dads in Jesus' name? The fit, call somebody. Yes, that is me. If something breaks in my house, I will call you, okay? I will call Ryan. I will call Drew. I'll call Levi, yeah. Levi could, I think, fix anything in Jesus' name. He'll build it for the apocalypse, but uh, it'll, <laughs> it'll last. Hey, we're in a, in a series called Simply Jesus, and uh, today we're going to talk about foundation. And if you ever bought a house or you own a house, you know that the foundation of your house is everything, okay? Your sturdiness, the longevity of your home is based upon how solid your foundation is. And foundation is everything. It's everything in a home. It's everything in a building project. It's everything in starting out a project. It's everything starting out a marriage. It's everything to start out in life. Foundation is key to everything, just like it's key to our relationship with Jesus. So go with me. We're going to go to the book of Luke today. Luke chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen for you. You can bust out your Bible right now or pull out your Bible app, uh, whatever you want to do. Handy Dan. Man, I like that guy. Handy, handy Dan. That's just He just made me happy. Listen, I'm either like, I'm either like super corny or like super funny. I'm nowhere in the middle, but super corny just makes me smile. I mean, just just makes me super happy. I was back there like laughing, like legit laughing, okay? So if you didn't enjoy it, I enjoyed it, okay? All right? That's, that's all that matters right now, okay? Luke chapter 6, verse 13, it says, At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples, and he chose 12 of them to be his apostles, and here's the names. So Jesus brings all his disciples together, and he picks 12, and he says, I'm going to make these my apostles. And then from right there, he goes straight into the section, what is called the Beatitudes, okay? And in the Beatitudes, it's really Jesus laying a true foundation for following Jesus, okay? And a lot, what's interesting about the disciples is this. They're all Jewish boys, They've all grew up in Jewish homes, and they've all been taught the Torah their whole entire lives. And Jesus doesn't go back to the Torah. Jesus doesn't go back in time. Jesus goes, no, listen, I need to start all over with you guys. And we need to build a fresh, new foundation for your life and what I want to do in your life. And so Jesus says, as a follower of Jesus, hey, we're going to look at the Beatitudes, and here is the foundation for following Jesus. Following Jesus. And we, that's something, you know, Jess, I could, I could hear it in her voice today when she was leading worship. It's something that we should be proud of, okay? I, I don't know if you've recognized this, but in the last few weeks, like everywhere I go, if it's the mall, if it's TV, it's, if it's Instagram, if it's Facebook, wherever I go, we are in what is called Pride Month, okay, for everybody in the world, but listen, I think we should have a pride in Jesus, okay? I think we should have a pride in our following Jesus and being excited about Jesus. Can we get loud for that, just being excited about, you know what, I am a follower of Jesus, and that's good. And so today we're going to talk about the foundation of 
being a follower. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49. We're actually going to start at the very end of the Beatitudes, and we're going to work our way back through over the next few weeks. Verse 46, it says this. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Jesus makes it very clear that following Jesus has everything to do about knowing the Word of God. If I know the Word of God, I can follow the Word of God, and then blessing and favor will follow me all the days of my life. Verse 47, he says, I'll show you what it's like when someone comes to me and listens to my teaching and then follows it. Then follows it. If you've grown up in church for any length of time, you know that you've sat through a lot of Sunday morning services. Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay, you've heard the word of God in so many different ways in portions. But how many of you know that a lot of times we hear the word of God, we like what we hear, but it never really takes root in our hearts. And it never really kind of gets fleshed out in the everyday. And Jesus goes, I'm going to show you what it's like for somebody who hears my word, listens to my word, takes root in the heart, and then goes out and lives it. Verse 48, it's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against the house, it will stand firm because it's well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds the house right at ground level with the foundation. When the flood sweep against the house, it will collapse in a heap of ruins. So often, so many of our decisions, fundamental decisions that we make in life, are built on what I just call a sand. Sand foundation. Okay? And what is sand foundation? I think sand foundation for a lot of us is just kind of the homes that we grew up in. Okay? So much of who you are today was based upon what you grew up with. Okay? Things you like, things that you dislike. Uh, Michael had his uh, buddies over the other night. They were all, they had a basketball tournament Friday in Columbus, and they all wanted to come to our house, and, and, and we, we were talking with the boys, and uh, we were talking about dinner, and I said, you know what we're going to have for dinner, guys? And they were like, what? I was like, we're going to have liver and onions for dinner. You know what I mean? And they looked at me like, what, what are you talking about? And Michael instantly said, Grandpa always says that. He literally always says that. I'm like, yeah, guilty as charged, you know? Listen, so much of who we are is built on the house that we grew up in. Let me give you an example of this, okay? When I was growing up, uh, We didn't have much. Now, for you that are new, I'll help you understand this. My dad left when I was three. My mom was kind of just a lot of stuff going on in her life. And so I ended up living with my grandparents. Uh, My grandpa passed away on my 11th birthday. Uh, My grandma passed away a year and a half later. And then from there, I went back to my mom, lived with her for about a couple months. And then from there, I went and lived with my aunt and uncle. Okay? So I'm going to talk about a season when I was living with my aunt and uncle. And I love my aunt and uncle. They were just here uh, a few weeks ago. Wonderful people. They love the Lord. And I'm super, super thankful for the time that I spent in their house. So I want you to understand, the story that I'm going to share isn't a slight against them, but it is truth. And it's, it's a story I need to explain so we help understand what I'm talking about when I talk about saying foundation. So when I was growing up with my aunt and uncle, 
we didn't have a lot. We lived on a old farmhouse. It was 100 years old. Um, we actually had this family cleaning business, and one of the owners of one of the businesses knew that my uncle had us four boys, and we didn't have much. And so he told him, he said, if you do the work, I'll give you the money and the resource for you to, you know, fix up this old farmhouse. It has nine acres of land. And they charged my aunt and uncle, I think, $500 a month for 20 years. I mean, just unreal. It was just an insane blessing to my aunt and uncle. So we lived on this old farmhouse. We didn't have a whole lot of money. And if you get to know me, you'll understand something about me that I am the pickiest person you've ever met in your whole entire life. Can I get an amen from anybody that knows me, okay? The, the worst. I mean, the worst. I went with Stefan. We went to Skyline uh, the other day, you know, and I ordered hot dogs with just cheese on it. No, like no chili. She's looking at me like, are you sure you want no chili? I'm like, not an ounce. Not an ounce, okay? So for me, growing up, when I would see something like this, okay, this represents death to me, okay, a, a jar of spaghetti, okay, I mean, this, this is like my worst nightmare, okay, I promise you, and you, you think it's funny, no, it's real, okay, uh, listen, I asked Melissa the other day, I said, what am I going to eat in Africa, I'm literally going to lose like 40 pounds when I go to Africa, okay, so when you grow up without a lot of money, a thing of tomato, you know, sauce goes a long way, correct? Okay. So being picky didn't really work well in my aunt and uncle's house, okay? Because we would eat things like, have you ever ate goulash before? Anybody had goulash? Who likes goulash? We're going to pray for you at the end of service, all right? It's going to be a line for a prayer, okay? So there's a lot of moments growing up, because, and here's the thing, when, when you don't have money, it's just like, look, this is what we're eating, you know, and I mean, the thing was, you had to sit at the table with the family, and there would be a lot of times, I'd just sit there, and just sit there, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Jess is laughing, because she knows, she, she said, that's just so sad, she said, she is just so sad, listen, Jess will never cook for me, like, ever a day in her life, she is she has, she has given up cooking for me and the boys, 100%, she said. She has, just, she has lost all hope. Lord, the Lord couldn't restore that hope, and she didn't help. So, so growing up, there was a lot of times where I just wouldn't eat, okay? But, you know, I'm like 13, 14, like I'm starving, right? I mean, like, okay, so the other day, me and Michael, we were at Chipotle, and he, I said to him, I said, I said, do you want double chicken in your burrito? Because Ben, I mean, have you ever seen my son, Ben, nine-year-old? He said, I mean, he's, listen, when he grows, he's going to whip anybody in here. He's, he's going to be huge, okay? Ben always gets double chicken. So I asked Michael, I'm like, do you want double chicken? He's like, no, can I have two burritos? And I was like, no, you can't have two burritos? He's like, but I'm really, really hungry. I'm like, I'm sure you're really, really hungry hungry, but we're not getting, uh, listen, I bet you when I was 14, I could have ate three burritos, okay? Anybody else testify to that? Okay, so when you're 14 and you don't eat dinner, you're like starving, okay? So, and I'm going to tell this story, and I, and I mean this like, I mean this in the nicest way, 
But I would like, you know, it would be like 9 o'clock, and I'm like starving. And we had this rule in our house that after dinner, the kitchen was closed. Anybody else grow up like that where, like, like you like you don't go into the kitchen. You like like I thought there was alarms on like the on the like doors, okay? Or the Holy Spirit just told my aunt, you know, like if you cross the line, she'd be like, "What are you doing in there?" I'd be like, "Sniffing." I don't know. I, I. And so I remember like like just asking, like, "Can I just make peanut butter and jelly?" Because that was my go-to, you know, just. Some white bread, praise God for white bread, some jelly, and some peanut butter. And there would be sometimes the answer was yes. And there would be sometimes the answer was no. And I always felt so scared to ask. And that sounds so stupid. But I was, because we didn't have money. And so I felt so awful that I was that picky, and I didn't like what my aunt made, and that I was asking for something else. See, the reality is this. There is nothing wrong with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, nothing. Like, there is nothing wrong with that. Until somebody with authority makes you feel like there is. See what I mean? So the foundation of my soul in that season, as it pertained to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, actually as it pertained to what? Money. Was what? I don't know what God will think. Right? Because if, because if I ask, if... if Shannon is my uncle, and I remember I would kind of look like my uncle, a little beard. If I asked my uncle, hey, can I have some peanut butter and jelly? His answer was always, what would you, what would you tell the kids at home? Like you'd tell them, like, go talk to Christina, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. You'd be like, get out of here. Talk go, to go talk to your mom. Okay. So the answer was always, go talk to your mom. And I would like, you know, like, my instant thought was, like, maybe I'll rub her feet first. You know what I mean? Like, I'll rub my aunt's feet first. You know what I mean? I know, Jess said, ill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For, oh, when you're 14, peanut butter and jelly is life, okay? And so I would kind of, like, sheepishly go, hey, can I, can I please have some peanut butter and jelly? And thanks. And sometimes it was, like, yeah, no problem. And sometimes it would be like, Jeff, what's wrong with you? I don't know. And you think this is so stupid. But this was the foundation of my soul, like questioning, like, yeah, what is wrong with me? Who does, I mean, like, who goes to Maggiano's and orders noodles with butter? I do. You know what I mean? Like, I do. They look at me like, what is wrong with you? Do you know where you're at? You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't like spaghetti? I don't. I don't. And I'm sorry. God made me, I don't know, maybe in the factory up in heaven, like the taste factory, like I got bumped out of the line or something. You know what I mean? 
and something wrong happened. I don't know. But all I know is this. In the foundation of my soul, it created this moment where I'm like, well, if, if these people that are my caregivers are like this, is God like this? Right? Does God think this way? Will God scold me if I come to him with something? Will God make me feel bad if I come to him with something? What will God's view be when I ask him for something? See, there's this great desire in my heart, and I've had this desire probably since I was a kid. And I remember even when I was a youth pastor, I had this desire, and, and I have this great desire in my heart for a, for a pool at our house. I want, a, I want an above-ground pool at our house. I have this huge desire for it. And I have this great desire that when families from the church come over, you come over and you just tell your kids to run and jump and play and go in our pool. I have this great desire to spend time with my boys in the pool. I have this great desire for Matt to bring over to youth group whenever he wants to bring over to youth group, and they just get to use our house whenever they want. I have this great desire for Levi to bring over all the little boys in our church and, and throw them around in the pool. I have this great desire. But you know what I am with God? I'm like that, that 13-year-old kid coming into God going, hey, God, I don't know what you think about this, but can I have a peanut butter sandwich? Right? What is this? What is this? Because the reality is this. All of us understand exactly what I'm talking about right now. All of us have things that we desire. All of us have moments that we tiptoe into God's presence, and we're like, hopefully I'm good enough. Hopefully he likes me enough. Hopefully he accepts me enough. Hopefully he's happy with me today, and hopefully he'll say yes, right? what is this? This is sand foundation. This has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And the reality is when you have sand foundation, sand can move easily. Sand gets blown. Sand gets rained on. Sand gets tossed. Sand goes all over the place. We would never build a house on sand. Why? Because we know that that foundation wouldn't be there two weeks later. Sand foundation, you can't build anything on it. But we are all trying to build our relationship with Jesus upon what? Things we grew up with. Things we were told. You know what I was told my whole entire life? Rich people own pools. And we weren't rich. Right? Rich people own pools. Not, not, not us. Not you. That's, that's, that's not for you. Right? Sand foundation. See, Jesus is talking about soul foundation. 
when, he, when he's talking right here in Luke, he goes, I want to talk about your soul having this rock-solid foundation about who God is and who God is as a father. What I really needed was this. Let me show you this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Verse 33. So above all, consistently chase after the realm of the kingdom of God. Above all, everything you do in this life, Jesus makes it abundantly clear. He says, above all, chase after me. Chase after my kingdom. Chase after my righteousness. Chase after me and the righteousness that proceeds from it. And then it says this. Then all these less important things will be given to you in abundance. I don't know about you what you think of the word abundance. But you know what I think of abundance? I love, I love Texas Roadhouse. Can I get an amen for Texas Roadhouse today, okay? I love me some Texas Roadhouse. You know what I love about Texas Roadhouse? They will keep bringing hot, fresh bread over and over and over again. And like when, when they think they're done bringing bread because they brought like five loaves, I'm like, nope, another round. It's on the house in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? It is hot. It is fresh. There's butter. And I am in high heaven. When I think of abundance, I think of that. So let me ask you this question. Did Jesus say that he doesn't care about things that you care about in that scripture? No. Did Jesus say that the things that we desire in this life are not important? No. Did Jesus say that if you have a desire for something to run away from those desires? No. What did Jesus actually say in this verse? He actually said, all these less important things will be given to you in abundance. Why? Because the foundation of your life is seeking after him. Do you see that? When the foundation of your soul, the foundation of your daily life is, I just love seeking the presence of God. I just love Jesus. I just love his word. I just love, love, love him. I think, is she in here? Jackie Brown, you in here? I love this story. Jackie Brown told me this story yesterday. She was in here cleaning the church, and she told me this story. She said she was in Walmart, and she said she walked past this woman, and this woman was trying some shoes on for her kids, and the Lord said, buy, buy that woman's shoes. Pay for, pay for those shoes. And she told me, she's like, I didn't have any cash on me. She's like, I didn't know what to do. And the Lord said, figure it out, right? That's what the Lord said. He said, figure it out. So she said, Lord, well, I'll run to the ATM. You keep her here. And so she ran to the front of the store, went to the ATM, got some cash out. And guess what? That family was still there. And she said, hey, the Lord told me to buy these shoes for you. Here's the money. She gave her the money and went on into the store, kept shopping, got to the front of the store, it would just be the Holy Spirit. They end up at the end of the cashier line at the same time. And she told me that this woman just grabbed her and said, how did you know? You know how she knows? 
Because she's seeking the kingdom of God first. Amen? When the foundation of our soul is, man, I'm putting Jesus first. That's a solid foundation. That's a foundation that we can grow on. That's a foundation that God can build on. That's a foundation that God can bless. That's a foundation that God goes, listen, when the foundation is me and me first, all these other things, yes, they're less important, but they're not not important. Did you get that? Because so often in life, we don't believe God for big things because we think that they're not important to God. And God goes, just ask. Just ask. But we're tiptoeing into the presence of God like a 13-year-old Jeff. Go, hey, can I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Are you, are you big enough for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? You see what I mean? Sand foundation. God wants to build rock solid foundation in our life. God never said, he never said, no, he just said, listen, this is less important. But he never said it wasn't impossible. Right? Listen, I have a journal, and I write all kinds of impossible things in my journal all the time. And I don't care when it happens. I just believe and trust that my father is a good father. And he loves me, and he cares about me, and he wants the best for me. Right? Amen? Let me show you this other verse. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. In the Passions translation, it says this. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned. Love that. Where love is enthroned. To receive mercy's kiss and discover grace that we urgently need to strengthen us in this time of weakness. Love enthroned. Listen, I love that God just loves people. He just loves people. A couple months ago, I was praying, and, and the Lord laid someone on my heart, uh, a missionary on my heart. And he told me, he said, listen, I, I want this missionary blessed. He said, I don't want this missionary to think about where they're going to get money from. I just want you to bless them. I want you to just, to just bless them. I want you to set up a, a monthly thing for them. I want you to just bless them. And so... I said, okay, God. It wasn't even a question. It wasn't even a question like, hey, God, let me go check the account. It wasn't even a question like, hey, God, let me go check the, you know, the spreadsheet. It was like, okay, God, you said it. Let's do it. Right? Amen? God said it. He said, if you follow me, listen to my words, you'll be blessed. Right? So I said, okay, God, let's do this. So, so we, set the, we set this up. And this individual said this to me a couple weeks ago. This individual said, what did I deserve to receive this. I said nothing. I said, God just loves you a whole bunch. I said, God's just really crazy about you. And God just cares about you. And he just wants you wildly blessed. The Bible says, come to his throne where love exists. Come boldly. It didn't say tiptoe into the throne. It said, come in like you own the place. Right? Like, listen, I love when Luke Workmeister walks into Elevate Church, 
he acts like he owns this place. You know what I mean? He, he goes and he grabs a mic if he wants to grab a mic. He goes into the drum cage if he wants to go into the drum cage. He goes and plays with whatever he wants to play. He believes that this is his place, right? He's bold about it. This is exactly what God wants for us. He says, listen, I'm a good dad. I'm a good father. I love you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. So boldly come into my throne and ask for what you want. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. Come in. I'm a good father. I know what you need. And I know how to bless you with what you need and even beyond what you need. But the problem is, is what? A lot of us, we feel like I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. So if I'm not good enough, and if I haven't had a good day or a good week or a good month with God, then how could I boldly come into his presence, right? I struggle with this. Anybody else struggle with this? Like, this is, like, real. You know what I mean? If I'm having an off week, and then the thought of, like, man, that I'm just going to, like, you know what I mean? What's up, God? How you doing? What's up, Dad? How are you? No, it doesn't exist. It's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe this week is off limits. See, we think, and this is what is so funny to me, is this. We think that we can hide things from God, right? Do you remember the book of Genesis? Remember when Adam and Eve put on the fig leaves and they hide from God? Like, like think about this. Like, they're hiding from God. You know what I mean? They're hiding from the one who made everything. He knows everything. So when you have something in your heart and you think you're holding it back from God, God's like, no, I really see that. I see it. Just come boldly to me. And you come boldly if you have confidence that he's for you. But if you don't have confidence, if you have a sand foundation, you're questioning, is he really for me? Is he really for my family? Is he really for my children? Is he really for the rest of my life? Like, is he really for me? And he goes, yes. This is the throne of grace. This is the throne of my love. Listen, when I ask my father, okay, when I come into the throne room and I ask my father, because this is just a foundational thing in in our life. When we make a big decision with God or in life, we ask God about it. So when I come and I ask God about a pool, I'm like, God, what do you think about a pool? He's like, I'm not concerned about a pool, right? Can we, can we get this? We getting this? He's not concerned about a pool. He's concerned about the foundation of my heart. He's concerned about the foundation of your heart. He's concerned about, are you going to worship the pool or are you going to worship me? Amen? Like on the daily. Are you going to worship my goodness or are you just going to worship me for who I am? See, that's what encounter is. Encounter has nothing to do outside of just going, you know what? I'm just here to worship Jesus because I love him and I want, my, I want the affection of my heart to be thrown at his throne. That's what encounter is. Right? Like, and that's what I love about encounter. Like, like people ask me sometimes, they're like, what is encounter? Like, kind of like, like, what am I going to get out of coming to church twice? Right? 
Like, that's the thing. Like, like really, like, come on, Pastor. Like, I'm going to come to church twice on the same day? Is this, like, for real? You know what I mean? Like, this is, like, a real thing in 2019? Yes. And it's like, no, you're going to get nothing out of it. You're coming to give God your best. You're coming to go, you are the foundation of my soul. You are the rock of who I am. And you are the joy of my heart. And I want to worship you with that. Amen? So when God goes, I don't care about a pool, what is he saying? I care that you are a worshiper. I care that you are someone that wants me. Wants me. Not for what I do and who I am, but just just because I am. Amen? That's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about a rock-solid foundation in him. Listen, I want to tell a story. Worship team, you guys can come on up. And I, lo- and I love this story. It's one of my favorite, favorite memories ever. And he's actually here today. Uh, Bruce, can you just wave your hand real high? Okay. This is Amber's dad, Bruce, okay? Um, I used to work at a church up in Dayton called Living Word. And Bruce was, oh, man, Bruce, what were you? You were like everything, weren't you? You are just a little bit of everything. Bruce oversaw the church's finances. Bruce oversaw projects and events. Bruce oversaw staff members. Bruce just kind of oversaw a bunch of things. And Bruce loves basketball, and I love basketball. And so we, we connected really quick. And, and, and I, just, I just thoroughly loved Bruce. And I, loved, we would, I would just go into Bruce's office, and sometimes I would just sit, and me and him would just chat for an hour, just talk about life. And I'll never forget when we were making the decision to come start Elevate. This is day, me and Bruce were in his office. He kind of put his stuff away. And like the countenance on his face kind of changed. And I knew that he wanted to have a conversation with me. But it wasn't a conversation of like, like I'm, I'm like overseeing you and I'm going to tell you something new. It was like the conversation like a, like a dad, like a good dad would have with like a son. And Bruce looked at me. And he said, Jeff, are you sure? Are you sure this is what God has asked you to do? Because I knew and knew Bruce cared about me. He cared about wherever Jess went. I don't know where she went. He cared about Jess. He cared about my children. And he wanted to make sure that I wasn't making a horrible mistake. You remember that conversation in your office? And he pressed me hard. the truth is this, me and Jess in the DNA, in the foundation of our soul, what we believe is the foundation of the Workmeister family, Jeff, Jessica, Michael, Ben, and Luke, we believe as a family, 
the core level of us is this, is that we exist as a family to help people find Jesus. We believe as a family, at the base level, the foundation of our lives, the foundation of our souls, we believe it is our job to help people come into the presence of God. We believe as a family, at the base level, it is our foundation that we believe as the Workmeister family that we are on planet Earth to serve Jesus and His purposes. We talk about it in our family all the time. We talk to our boys about it all the time. We talk about this all the time. So when Bruce is looking at me in the office, and I know what he's saying, I'm walking away from finance, I'm walking away from paychecks, I'm walking away from security, I'm walking away from everything that we have. I'm walking away from our home, I'm walking away from everything. And when Bruce is looking at me, I know what he's saying. He's saying, are you sure, son? Are you sure? And the reality is this, that the foundation, the foundation of our souls, we go, yes, yes, yes. I will follow whatever Jesus has. You can have it all. You can have my house. You can have my cars. You can have this building. We don't care about a building. We care about worshiping Jesus. We care about putting Jesus first. It's the foundation. It's the core of who we are as a workmanship family. Listen, when Jess was, when we lived in Michigan, and Jess was the worship leader of our youth group, Marissa remembers this. She came when she was in sixth grade. Jess was the worship leader of our youth group for six years. And then one day they fired both worship leaders in the main service, and they brought Jess up, and she became the worship leader of our church. For eight years, for eight years, just never got one paycheck, never one dime, never one ounce of income from it. And every single time we would talk about it, you know what, Justin and I would say, we'd go, you know what? We're here to serve Jesus. We're here to do what Jesus has put us on the planet for. Regardless if we make money or if we don't make money, the foundation, the core of who we are is Jesus and Jesus always. This is not a sand foundation. The foundation, the bedrock of the Workmaster family is Jesus, 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 Jesus all the time. All the time. All the time. What's you saying this morning? I love all the dads here today. So grateful for godly men. And one of the things that I understand about being a dad is this. Dads, you got to wear a lot of hats as a dad. Sometimes you're the referee of the house. Sometimes you're the coach of the house. Sometimes you're the one that has to bring discipline in the house. Sometimes you're the one that has to be gentle. Yesterday, Ben just sat with me on the couch for like an hour. I knew what it was. He just, I hadn't seen him in a few days. He hadn't seen me in a few days. He didn't care what we were watching, what we were doing. He just wanted to sit with me. I just need to be gentle with him. Sometimes, you, as a dad, you got to be the fun guy. Sometimes, as a dad, you got to be the funny guy. Sometimes, as a dad, you got to be a great listener. Sometimes, as a dad, you got to be a giver. Listen, a dad wears a lot of hats. A lot of hats. But you know what makes great dads? 
are the ones that put Jesus first always. That's what makes a great dad. Because your kids will grow up and they'll go, you know what? Dad wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. There's only one perfect dad. His name is Jesus. But you know what will happen? They'll go, you know what? Dad wasn't perfect, but he loved Jesus. Dad wasn't perfect, but you know what? He always had us at church. Dad wasn't purpose, perfect, but he always had us at youth group. Dad wasn't perfect, but dad always put the kingdom of God first. Amen? If you're a dad or a grandfather in here, raise your hand real high, real high, real high. If you're around one of these hands that's up, I want you just to lay hands on them real quick. That keeps your hand up real high. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to pray for dads today. Father, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. I worship you. I thank you, God, for every single man of God in this house here today, every dad, every grandfather of God that's represented here. Father, I release, God, your grace, your peace, your joy, your blessing, your favor, your increase upon them right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray you fill them with wisdom, fill them with understanding, fill them, God, with supernatural abundance, with grace and love and joy. Father, I pray, God, the heavy burdens, God, that they carry, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that you would lift those burdens off of them. God, that you breathe life into their soul. Breathe life and breathe dreams and breathe vision into them, Father, for their families and their future and their kids and their wives, their grandchildren, Lord. God, I pray you increase their territory. God, may this be a year of increased territory upon these men, God. Wrapped with your wisdom. Father, we love you. Jesus, we praise you. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody agrees, son? Amen. Can we give it? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.